This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. All right, people, we are live on the computer machine. I'm Dave Rubin, this is The Rubin Report, and welcome to another Friday Roundtable Extravaganza. Before I introduce my guests today, this just arrived in the mail and I wanted to call attention to it. This is a little statue from the fine people over at Rumble. It's got, it's got a decent amount of heft on this thing. Uh, this is to commemorate 250,000 subscribers on Rumble, which we hit like two weeks ago, but as of today, like within the next few minutes, if you people do what I need you to do, we will cross 400,000 today. So as you know, we've been talking about a lot lately, Rumble and the alternative pipes are blowing up and that is at least part of what is gonna save us from this digital dystopia that we happen to be in. And I think we'll talk a bit about that with today's guests. Joining me today is the CEO of Florida's Voice, Brendan Leslie, and the host of News and Why It Matters on Blaze TV, Sarah Gonzalez. Brendan, Sarah, welcome to The Rubin Report. Thanks for having us. I appreciate it, Dave, I'm excited. Brendan, you are a Rubin Report rookie, so I will give you 30 seconds to tell people about Florida's Voice, what you're doing. You're, you're, you're an actual journalist. I can actually say that without uh, putting air quotes around it. <laughs> I know, it's, it's actually weird to see these days. I worked in TV news, I worked in the corporate media, and it sucked, it really is fake news, so I quit and I said, watch me do the, my th own thing better. Uh, and we built our own thing in Florida's Voice and we're just reporting everything that the mainstream media doesn't. And our motto over at Florida's Voice is to redefine the mainstream media. So that's what we're doing here in Florida. And on a personal note, everyone knows how much I love Southwest Florida, which of course is where Hurricane Ian hit and you did unbelievable work throughout that to, to help the people of Fort Myers and Naples and, and the whole area. Uh, so happy to have you here. And Sarah, every Rubin Report viewer knows you already. Is there anything you'd like to say before we begin? Uh, no, I'm happy to be here. I'm always, it's always an honor to be here with you, Dave. Um, I, I just like to remind everyone I am creating uh, or participating in the parallel economy with my makeup company. You see, I'm wearing a nice red lip. It's called Huge Lips, and you can find it over at AmericanBeautyBySarah.com. Wow. Can I get some of that lip stuff? You're, you're allowed to. I mean, we do cater to women and we are proud to be women and we want to empower women. But I mean, if you want but, some, you can But what some. is a woman really, you know? <laughs> right, right. But actually, I am we're also a capitalist, so anyone in, can buy it. Exactly. And we are going to be uh, talking about International Women's Day, which mostly is guy with a penis in a dress day. So we'll get to all of that in just a second. Uh, but let's start with the divide between the blue and red states. It's obviously a, a big theme around here and everyone's sort of talking about just this, this continued sort of distancing between what's going on if you live in a Democrat-run state and you live in a Republican-run state. Uh, and Cali and Florida seem to be the two best examples of that. We've got some info here on what's going on in California right now. This is from uh, theblaze.com. Democrat Governor Gavin Newsom forcefully criticized Walgreens over its new plan to stop shipping and selling abortion pills in some in some states after 20 state attorney generals sent a letter warning about the policy. Walgreens made the announcement on Friday that its stores in 20 states would not sell abortion pills. 
We intend to be a certified pharmacy and will distribute uh, mifepistrone only in the jurisdictions where it is legal and operationally feasible, read a statement from the company. Pro-abortion advocates said they would boycott the company over the decision while pro-life advocates praised the decision. Newsom issued a fiery tweet on Monday excoriating the company for caving to the demands from 20 state attorneys. California won't be doing business with Walgreens or any company that cowers to the extremists and puts women's lives at risk. We're done. Now, first off, it's a little unclear to me if Gavin Newsom knows what those pills actually do because some of those babies do turn out to be women. But again, what is a woman? Uh, my personal take on this, it's like, if the, if the states don't want the abortion pills there and Walgreens wants to abide by that, that's fine. Walgreens isn't stopping anything from happening in Cali, but uh, this is kind of what Newsom does, isn't it, Sarah? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because in that statement that he gave, he calls uh, Walgreens, uh, he says that they're capitulating to extremists. They're following the law. So, I mean, I, I would say the extremist is the one who is demanding that a private company not follow the law, break the law in other states in which Newsom has no pardon, just so that he can say, uh, hey, we're doing something, we're helping women. And so it's just fascinating to see him you know, change, use the, the language to just change the entire narrative. I don't think it's going to work. And by the way, I would like to just bring up on the issue of this abortion pill, um, which is what he's advocating that they allow by mail. This is a really dangerous thing. I mean, you've got multiple studies that show uh, that they're, that they women are more at risk for severe side effects. They've got uh, hemorrhaging they're more at risk for, the need for follow-up surgery, uh, even death. And so by making this more available to women by mail rather than under a doctor's care, he's saying that this is about women, but if he wanted it to be about women, why would he put them more at risk? I mean, it, it just, it blows my mind that he's able to use this narrative that Walgreens is the one that's doing something wrong here. Right. And again, he's just or Walgreens is just going by what the state decisions are. This is not going to They're affect following the law. <laughs> Cali will still have their eight and a half month abortions right. and have their abortion parties and they can bus in women from Texas, usually young black women, and they can then have their abortions and they can bus them out. Optics on that may start looking bad after a while. Uh, Brendan, I take it you're not surprised by Gavin Newsom having the wrong take on something. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't need to make sense with the Democrats to to Sarah's point there. He's holding them accountable for following the laws. And you know what? Laws are different in different states. And that's the beautiful the beautiful part about our constitutional republic. But I mean, what Gavin Newsom is doing is taking a stance nationally because you know what? He's probably next up for for running for president for the Democrats. And it might happen as soon as 2024. So the Democrats think abortion is a, a winning issue for them. They think that that's something that they can um, shove down the uh, into the faces of the right and something that they can win down ballot on. But you know what? I got a surprise for them when they when you look at polls, abortion isn't even a top five issue for voters They're You know, they're looking for the economy, gas prices, stuff like that. So this is him just taking a stance, a ridiculous stance, because Governor Ron DeSantis, who he views as his number one adversary, is taking the opposite stance of him. So it's ridiculous that a private company has to suffer because of just total nonsense. Well, speaking of Governor Ron DeSantis, he went to Cali earlier in the week. And uh, here's a little bit from the Reagan Library. I know you guys got a lot of problems out here, but your governor's very concerned about what we're doing in Florida, so I figured I had to come by. Brendan, 
You know a lot about insider Florida politics. I mean, he's in Iowa right now. Is there something that everyone should know that you know that I don't even know? <laughs> well, it sure does seem that way now, doesn't it? Um, like I've been saying from the beginning, it's not 100% yet, but it's pretty damn close to being 100% of him running. Um, and this book tour, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, it's a great thing for the country to hear from Governor Ron DeSantis, see what Florida did. The Florida Republican Party, just it stands out compared to the GOP nationally, and it stands out compared to just about every single state GOP in this nation. So Every 49, all the 49 other states need to be following the blueprint of Florida. And if they do, we might see a lot more Republican wins. I mean, remember, Florida was like a purple state, like not even two years ago. Mm -hmm. Now it's a deep red state. And it has a lot to do with Governor Ron DeSantis's leadership in conjunction with all the teamwork that we're seeing from the Republican Party of Florida. Yeah. And by the way, you're allowed to say gay here. They haven't banned any books, although they've taken about three pornographic books out of yeah. uh, elementary schools, but that's it. And then there are some other books under review and uh, you wouldn't put Mein Kampf in a fourth grade class either. Uh, Sarah, is the Florida Cali thing the thing that we just need to have at this point? Like, is that the fight that really it all boils down to right now? I mean, I think that it does. It's a really, really good contrast of what works and what doesn't. And I think DeSantis is very smart for writing this book, giving the blueprint and then touring, regardless of whether or not he runs. Right. Mm -hmm. um, whether or not he runs, one thing remains clear. He has, as Brendan pointed out, completely transformed Florida. He won his first election by less than a percentage point. And look at how much he has done. To a meth addict. Right, right. Oh, and, a, and, a, and a socialist, a democratic socialist. He ran as a democratic socialist, did he not? Yeah. Yeah, he's, so, he, yeah. So, so it, the Florida was that close, that close to handing their whole state over to a democratic socialist, and they didn't. And now, clearly, they're happy with that decision. So I think that it's smart to do the contrast because over here you have Ron DeSantis, who has completely transformed Florida into a heavily red. I mean, I would argue that you guys are more red than we are here in Texas. Yeah. Everyone thinks that Texas is some deep red state. Not anymore. Ron DeSantis has done what needs to be done while Governor Abbott just sits around. So to have that contrast between Ron DeSantis doing what needs to be done in Florida and Gavin Newsom, who had a mass exodus of people, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, Dave, a mass <laughs> exodus of people yeah. who left because he was so tyrannical, he almost got recalled. You've got crime, just, I mean, insane amounts of crime. You've got the homeless crisis. You've got all of these problems in California because of the Democrat policies and because they're so tyrannical. It's so smart to, to, to make that contrast, to show people this is what happens when you go conservative. This is what happens when you go left. And let the people make that decision. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. 
devil's advocate here, Brendan, for a second to close this one out. Uh, to me, the best argument against DeSantis as a Floridian is I care more about the states at this point. The laboratories of democracy are working. The big thing isn't working. And it may be so corrupt that even a guy like him can't fix it. So as I think you're a, are you a, you're a lifelong Floridian, right? No, I wish. I'm actually a New Yorker. You can't tell. You can't tell. And I'm very proud, proud of that. Wow. All right. So you're a refugee yourself. But so as yeah. a Floridian, though, that's someone that's, that's now very ingrained in what's happening here in Florida. Is that the best argument against DeSantis running that we've got we've got grade A stuff right here and maybe we don't want to just send it right through the grinder? No, it's a terrible argument. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Governor Ron DeSantis has done a great job in Florida. And Florida actually has a deep bench of candidates that can take up this mantle that Governor Ron DeSantis has put together here in Florida. I mean, Congressman Byron Donalds is a potential, Ashley Moody, Wilton Simpson, the Ag Commissioner. There's plenty of people that will continue that conservative legislation, uh, that, that governing moving forward. And Floridians, you see it. You see the federal impacts here locally with gas prices, egg prices, the supply chain. Just because we have a great governor doesn't mean we're not feeling those impacts from the, the babbling buffoon we have in mm -hmm. the White House right now. So I would argue that there really is no argument. Governor Ron DeSantis should have a chance to become president one day, whether it's in 2024 or 2028, and Floridians should be uh, embrace that. Right. Although the hardcore Trump people seem to want the rhino yeah. globalist to wait to 2028. Then they'll be okay with him. We yep. shall see. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, the big thing yesterday, which obviously hits very close to home around here, uh, were these hearings at the Capitol about the Twitter files. And they had two actual journalists that I don't have to put air quotes around, uh, Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger. These guys are lefties. They are lifelong lefties. Taibbi, I would say most of his life, a far lefty. Uh, Schellenberger may be a little more of a moderate, but no doubt these are not Republicans. These are not conservatives. Anyway, they got just attacked and smeared by the Democrats during this, this absolute sham of a hearing. Take a look at this. Uh, here's a little battle between Jim Jordan and uh, this, I did not know this woman before. Uh, this is Stacy Plaskett, and she's going after the sources, the sources for these guys. I mean, it's just incredible. Uh, did Mr. Musk contact you, Mr. Taibbi? Again, the attribution for my story is sources at Twitter. Mr. Schellenberger, did Mr. Musk contact you? Uh, actually, no. I was brought in by my friend Barry Weiss, and so this story, there's been a lot of misinformation. So Mr. Weiss brought you in. Mr. Taibbi, Ms. Weiss, thank you. Mr. Yeah. Taibbi, have you had conversations with Elon Musk? I have. Okay. Uh, Mr. Taibbi, did Mr. Musk place any conditions on the would use the of the Would the gentlelady yield for a second? Uh, as long as my time is not used. Are you, are you trying to get journalists to No, I'm not trying to get, sources? no, I'm not. Well, I am asking, like no, and to praise him for his work. This isn't just a matter of what data was given to these so-called journalists before us now. There are many legitimate questions about where Musk got the financing to buy Twitter. My name is Matt Taibbi. I've been a reporter for 30 years uh, and a staunch advocate of the First Amendment. Much of that time was spent at Rolling Stone magazine. Uh, ranking member Plaskett, um, I'm not a so-called journalist. Uh, I've won the National Magazine Award, the I.F. Stone Award for Independent Journalism, and I've written 10 books, including four New York Times, New York Times bestsellers. <laughs> uh, I'm now the editor of the online magazine Racket on the independent platform Substack. I mean, there's so much here, it's incredible. First off, she doesn't know that Barry Weiss is a woman. So she doesn't know who Barry Weiss is. I mean, to be at a hearing about the Twitter files, I mean, 
Barry was one of the people that released one of the original ones. She's well known in these circles. So put that aside. Then she calls them so-called journalists. As Taibi pointed out, they are not so-called journalists. They are actual journalists. Uh, and the fact that she's going after sources, which is the biggest no-no in journalism, which is almost dead, but not completely. Sarah, like just clown show 101. Like what, what else could we say? Yeah, I know. And there's, there's, there really is so much to unpack there because uh, it shows us several different things at once. Number one, these people in Congress are completely incompetent. They have no idea what they're doing. They yeah. don't even come to a hearing with the having done the research on what in the world they're going to talk about. I mean, you you also uh, later in that hearing, the, I think it was Representative Sylvia Gonzalez who was like, "Well, um, I have this here a, a Substack. I don't know what what is a <laughs> Substack. I don't know what that is. Like they don't even read yeah. any of this beforehand. They just come in with a narrative to push because they believe that they are the elites and we are not." And we are not allowed to know when they are collaborating with a private company to shut down speech. We're not allowed to know these things. And so that's why she's trying to discredit Matt Taibbi. She's calling him a so-called journalist. Uh, you know, they, they don't think that we should be allowed to know how far the corruption goes. Um, and I just, it's, it's, it's laughable at this point that they think that they're so far above us. And, and I think that they're so arrogant. They've gotten so arrogant about having these partnerships with these private companies, because remember, we don't know what the hell's going on at Facebook, mm -hmm. right? We don't know what conversations they're having with Mark Zuckerberg and his team. We only know this because of Elon Musk's takeover. And so I just, I think that they've gotten so arrogant in running this entire country uh, quietly through these private companies that they just never, they never thought that all of this information should be made public. So now that it is, they wanna they wanna intimidate journalists and they want to they want them to know that we're gonna push you to to you know to tell us your sources. I mean, you saw even Pete Buttigieg had the Daily Caller reporter that was following him, and he made sure to say, "Can I take a picture of you?" Mm -hmm. I mean, they are trying to intimidate journalists into being scared of reporting the truth. I think that that's very clear with this with this regime now. You know, to your point on what we don't know related to Facebook and YouTube and everything else, it's like it obviously was happening at Facebook and YouTube, meaning yeah. government intervention. Like there's simply, well, we know Facebook for sure because yep. Saki admitted it, you know, I think mm -hmm. last summer. Uh, so there's no doubt it was happening at YouTube too. But now because we haven't done anything about it for months, God only knows what they've, you know, digitally put through the, the paper scrapper and everything else. Uh, Brendan, is the, is the white pill on all of this like, nobody believes them. No, nobody watched mm -hmm. that. I didn't see anyone online that watched that that was like, boy, those Dems, they're doing a great job with this thing. <laughs> I'm glad that that is the take because honestly, I look at this from a First Amendment as a journalist perspective, what they're doing, I'm making a journalist testify about their story. I mean, that's just that's just a gov that's big government bullying private citizens into submission, just like what Sarah was saying. That's ridiculous. And I saw that 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 clip with the Daily Caller reporter with gay with gay Mayor Pete. Um, <laughs> he, it just these people don't want to accept actual journalism in the hard questions, and then they go turn around and argue that Governor Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump are the fascists when these people are bullying reporters left and right. I mean, I had an instance. We had Charlie Chris when he was running for governor against Ron DeSantis and then got his ass kicked by 20 points. Uh, <laughs> he 
was soliciting donations from Hurricane Ian victims here in Fort Myers. He was saying, hey, if you're yeah. a Hurricane Ian victim, tell me your story. And then when you go click on the link, it's like, oh, chip in $5 for my campaign. And yeah. I was the only journalist to ask that question. And I take it personally because I was, I'm was i from Fort Myers. So I go and meet up with Charlie Chris at his event where he was supposedly supposed to be handing out supplies. And he wasn't. He was just doing a photo op. And I went up to him. I said, hey, Charlie, like, why are you soliciting donations from Hurricane Ian victims? And the response was his goons. Yeah, they basically screaming. pushed you out. Yeah. Yeah, they were screaming and spitting in my face. His goon was like shoving me and trying to get me away from Charlie, saying that I touched him. But when you go and watch the video, I didn't even go come anywhere near to touching him. I might have grazed his hand on accident because he got into my personal space. But they lose their mind because they can't answer the real question. We see it time and time again from every single Democrat. How many times did Sarah embarrass Beto O'Rourke asking real <laughs> questions? I mean, they're just complete, it's all nonsense. Right, or can, can, Sarah, you've been going to the to the drag shows in Texas, which the idea of a kid's drag show in Texas of all places, like it's just all so crazy. But I wanna show you one other uh, clip from the hearing uh, because Jim Jordan, who I think has really become an all-star on this stuff, like he really is fighting the good fight right now, uh, obviously congressman from Ohio, uh, he got into it with Congresswoman Plaskett about what we're discussing right now. And it's, it's a really great moment. Either Musk is the source and he can't talk about it, or Musk is not the source. And if Musk is not the source, then he can discuss. No his one has yielded. The gentlelady's out of order. You don't and get to speak. And she's out of order because he's interrupted. The gentlelady's not recognized. You're not recognized. He's not, he has not said that. But he has said is he's not going to reveal his source. And the fact that Democrats are pressuring him to do so is such a violation. I do think it's worth pointing out that you know I have co-sponsored. I think some of my colleagues have co-sponsored the Shield Act in previous Congresses with Democrats to protect what we see them trying to do today, protect journalists from having to reveal their sources to government. That used to be a shared position in the Congress. Unfortunately, as we're seeing now, multiple occasions, it's not the, it's not the position anymore. Sarah, is the issue here that the Democrats at this point, and I, I really, I try to be as fair as I can, but it seems to me they have no rules. There is no rule that they will not break in the quest for power. So I don't think any of those Congresswomen there give a flying F about what the rules are and what journalistic integrity is, et cetera. Well, you're right, because it's not just journalism. It's like every facet of uh, the government and, and the left, really, they show you that they set a standard in which they intend for you to live by. They don't care to live by that standard and they don't care to live by those rules. That's why anytime there's a, a Democrat who says something racist, Joe Biden says something racist, they're like, well, he didn't mean it that way. You guys are just misinterpreting it. Uh, Donald Trump says, I have, you know, here's my black friend. And they say he's the most racist person ever. I mean, it, they, they don't, they set these standards, these unlivable standards, and they never, they never intended to live by them. And, you know, I recall not too long ago, back when there was an orange man bad in the White House, they were complaining about, uh, you know, freedom of the press mm -hmm. being threatened. Freedom of the press was under assault because Donald Trump wouldn't answer their question. Donald Trump wouldn't allow one CNN reporter in his press conference room, even though others were there, and they accused him of assaulting the First Amendment. This is the type of thing that you're talking about, Dave, to go to your point. They never, they never intended to live by these rules. They're just rules for you to live by. Yeah, here's one other little throwaway clip here. Somehow the phrase threesome got brought up at a congressional hearing, enjoy. This friend works for Twitter or what is, what is her? Um... She's a journalist. 
Sir, I didn't ask you a question. I'm, I'm now asking Mr. Schellenberger a question. Please yes, ma'am. Barry Weiss is a journalist. I'm sorry, sir? She's a journalist. She's a journalist. So you work in concert with her? Um, yeah. Do you know when she first uh, was contacted by Mr. Musk? I, I don't know. You don't know. So you're in this as a threesome? Um, there was many more people involved than that. There was many more people involved with it. It was way better than a threesome, guys. But the, the point, again, these people have no idea who they're talking about, the issues that they're asking about. And I just want to mention one other thing, which is that when I went to, to San Francisco and to the Twitter offices and met with Elon, people know this already, but I met with the guy for a couple hours. I said to him at the end, hey, do you mind if I repeat any of this? And without hesitation, he said, as long as it's true. So the idea that somehow he was manipulating all these people, he had no idea who I sat with for hours, the engineers before meeting him. He said, as long as it's true, that's all you really need to know about that. But let's move on because it is International Women's Week. So obviously, Brendan, I'm gonna have to throw to you first. Uh, Hillary Clinton <laughs> chimed in on what's going on with the chicks these days. And uh, here's a doozy for you. Finally, I'm so glad that Elena Zelenska is here because women are... <clears throat> women and, and children are the primary victims of conflict and of climate change, and there is no place that unfortunately, tragically shows us that more dramatically than Ukraine today. It's so incredibly stupid that words <laughs> actually escape me. Women, climate is coming for women, conflict's coming for women. It seems like usually it's an awful lot of men out there doing the fighting. Uh, but Brendan, as a woman, this is a very exciting month for you. <laughs> what do you make of Hillary? The war in Ukraine is mostly about women. Women have penises, et cetera. Uh, I, you know, I'm curious of her comments. They say that uh, climate's coming for women more than men. I, I don't know. I feel like men are a little bit heavier and they have tend to have more uh, muscle on their body, you know, just basic science. So that means we sweat a little bit more when it gets when it gets hotter out. So I take offense to that. I also saw a great meme just right before I came on. It was like International Women's Day was yesterday, but it's actually today because women took too long to get ready. Ah, uh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> it's... Uh, Oh, it's didn't some crazy trans person, trans woman win an international. Oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that oh, in just a uh, moment. Sorry, I'm jumping the gun. You're, you're jumping ahead. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Sarah, it's just this endless nonsense, like linking these things. Somehow climate change has something to do with Ukraine and that really has something to do with women. How do they do it? The magic trick right in front of us. I'm convinced, Dave, that they have uh, they have like a chart, and on the chart they have the buzzwords. So they have 
uh, the special interest groups. They have women, they have um, minorities, so they have black people, they have Hispanics, they have the LGBTQIA+, however many acronyms they have now, and they have all of the, all of the categories. And then they have issues. So they have climate change, they have war, they have the economy, they have all of these issues, and they just pick on one day, whatever day it is, they go, you know what? I'm going women and climate change. And they just link everything that they're talking about to those two things. I'm convinced of it because that's the only thing that makes sense. That doesn't make sense, mind you, but it's the only thing that makes the most sense. Nothing else makes sense on this. All right, let's get, let's get to the clip. Let's get yeah. to the clip that uh, Brendan mentioned. So because it is International Women's Month, everybody gets a month, and even though we can't decide what a woman is, uh, Jill Biden, Dr. Jill Biden, and Secretary of State Anthony Blinken were giving out some International Women Awards. And uh, yeah, one of them included giving an award to a dude. Enjoy. In Argentina, Alba Ruada is a transgender woman who was kicked out of classrooms, barred for sitting for exams, refused job opportunities, subjected to violence, and rejected by her family. But in the face of these challenges, she worked to end violence and discrimination against the LGBTQI plus community in Argentina. You could see that Blinken wanted to go for tongue there, couldn't you, Brendan? He was definitely making the move. <laughs> well, what better way to accept this thing as a woman than for Blinken to just go full on tongue make out with it? Oh, it's so we're literally fighting with the devil. This is what what is happening in society. And it's so infuriating because how long how long did women fight to yeah. just get a, uh, you know, an even playing field for years? And then when they finally get it, in comes the Democrats with a wrecking ball like Miley Cyrus just ruining it and just destroying everything that it is about being a woman. You know, what's interesting, I, I feel like we never talk about trans men it's always trans women mm -hmm. that is a thing so that that's very curious to me and it's it's such a slap in the face i really i i really hope i become a dad one day but i really hope it's not to a girl because i don't know how i'm going to explain all this craziness to her one day it's just so sad well you know joking aside for just a second my personal take on this is i don't care how someone chooses to live once they are an adult but when we are pushing this stuff on kids it's a different thing and to your point we are giving awards to biological men in the name of women. So it's an assault on women. And I would say the trans thing is also an assault on gay people because they, because gay, the gay rights movement was always about equality. And now it's being replaced with, oh, you better literally chop your genitals off and become the opposite sex because somehow that's more tolerable than actually being gay. Sarah, you, you've done a lot with the, the trans situation because of the drag queen shows in Texas. So I'll just kind of throw it to you there and go whichever way you want to go. Well, yeah, I mean, I have a, a couple things to, to say here. You know, it's fascinating that for all this time, the left wanted to talk about the patriarchy. The patriarchy, the patriarchy is taking things from women. Can you think of a more <laughs> yeah. representative example of the patriarchy than men literally replacing us in everything? It's maddening all of these feminists that are like, yay, I'm so happy that men are replacing us and taking our awards and our scholarships and they're invading our bathrooms. They are literally, this is the erasure of women. 
And I don't understand the radical feminists who, as Brendan pointed out, fought for so long to, to you know, for what they called equality, just to sit back and watch all of these men take over. They think that, you know, slapping on a bunch of makeup and putting on some fake breasts is going to make them a woman. I, I just, it's so maddening to me because womanhood, I mean, we are uniquely made. We, we are, our bodies are so unique. I, I, I talked about this yesterday on my program. I can grow human life, right? And then I can birth those babies. My organs shift in my body. They know exactly where to shift so that my womb can expand. And after I deliver the baby, my, my organs know how to shift back. My body knows how to produce milk for my babies that give my babies just the right nutrients that they need. These are all unique traits about women. Mm -hmm. And these men will never be that. And it's just so frustrating to see people cheer along like they like they don't understand that. It's like no one is well, no one on the left is willing to say, we know we like we know this. They know this. They all know this, but it, they're too scared of being called transphobic or whatever phobic that they just sit here and cheer it along. I got to tell you, it's getting pretty scary out here. As Brendan mentioned, you know, he said he didn't want to have a girl. I'm hopeful that by the time, you know, maybe in, in five years or so, hopefully we can write this ship because it's gotten so absurd. I mean, th this is just absurdity playing out in real life. You look at all these South Park clips and all of these, you know, yeah. Simpsons clips, clips that are resurfacing from like 2004, where it was meant as a joke because it was something that was so outlandish that nobody thought that it would ever happen. And now it's real life. So I'm hopeful, especially with all of the drag stuff that I'm doing as well, I'm seeing the pendulum swing back because people are going, oh, that's really happening. Yeah, we, we've, we've gone too far. This is too far. Yeah, and I think the other important piece of this that apparently the lefties don't seem to understand is that you can actually be accepting or acknowledge someone else's existence. You don't have to celebrate everything about everyone. It doesn't mean you yeah. should be jailing people but you don't have to celebrate everything. And the left seems to have this need to celebrate absolutely everything, which usually is a dance on the bodies of women or other minorities or whatever. But let's move to one other thing because we are rolling into this 2024 situation. This thing never ends. And uh, there are some legitimate questions, I would say, about the mental acuity of Joe Biden. So Dr. Jill, we've got another Dr. Jill clip. Uh, Dr. Jill, who. Whoopi Goldberg said she'd be the Surgeon General, which is, um, she was asked about uh, Joe Biden's mental fitness and this answer is just incredible. Nikki Haley, one of the Republican candidates is calling for mental competency tests for those politicians over the age of 75. What do you think about that? Ridiculous. Would your husband ever take one of those? <laughs> I mean, we haven't even discussed, we would never even discuss something like that. We would never discuss something like that. Let's put aside 2024 or Joe Biden being president. If you, let's say, Sarah, I'll go to you first on this one. If you were married, uh, you know, you're married now, but I mean, when you're 75 and you and your husband have been married for 50 some odd years, if you noticed that he was forgetting things constantly, often seemed to not know where he was, was slurring words, couldn't remember things, would give up in the middle of sentences, putting aside what his job was, if he wasn't retired at that point, would you maybe discuss going to the doctor with him? Would that be something, or would that just be a dick move? 
Yeah, I mean, I would say the dick move is uh, the elder abuse that Jill Biden is committing right now by not doing that. I mean, she pushed her husband into this. She was constantly trying to, you know, make excuses for him and, uh, like, tell reporters not to ask questions, mm -hmm. uh, you know, get in between the mix because she was trying to cover the fact that he is incapacitated, as we all can see, because we all have ears and eyes and we can see it. So, I mean, I guess like she wouldn't discuss it with him because she knows that his brain is already pudding and the dementia has already set in and there's no point in discussing it because if she did discuss it, she would have to reveal that she's known this for a very long time and pushed him into it anyway, which is not what a good spouse would do, obviously. Um, but it's really interesting to me that the mainstream media who carried water for this guy, they let him campaign from his basement. They asked him softball questions. I mean, they helped him into this. And now all of a sudden they want to turn around and be like, oh, well, how, we didn't know. How could we have known that this guy is so, you know, like he can't remember anything. And as you mentioned, he's slurring his words. He's tripping up the stairs. His son is a crackhead. Like, how could we have possibly known any of these things? It's just, it's fascinating to watch the mainstream media now start to turn on him, now start to ask these tough questions that I don't think that the Bidens were prepared for. Well, what's so also interesting is like, there's such an easy way to end this immediately, which would be somebody with balls, maybe Peter Ducey, because he seems like he's the only one at the, at the press conferences, to just flat out say, hey, Corinne, yes or no, is the president on medication for his memory? Yes or mm. no, don't ask, don't ask it in any kind of other ancillary fancy way, yes or mm. no, and she'll say she doesn't know and refer you to the doctor, but that would at least start it because he's obviously on something. When they get him at a debate, he obviously has taken something. He's sometimes very cogent and sometimes not. It's a sad reality. He's the pilot of the plane. I wish he knew how to fly. So whether I like where we're going or not with this guy, your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Uh, Brendan, doesn't surprise you, right? I mean, she's she's run cover, as Sarah said. Oh, absolutely. And what infuriates me even more is one time Donald Trump held a glass of water. Oh, yeah. Mm. And the media was out for his head and saying he needed to take a mental... Uh, test of some sort. And now we're not going to do it with Joe Biden. And like Sarah said, they were carrying the water for him. Um, I think the, the corporate media and the Democrats are in cahoots. They're working together. We know that for, it's happening. So I think everyone thought that things would go a little bit better than what is happening right now under a first term President Biden. It's been just a complete catastrophe. Everywhere you go, it's horrible. I mean, it, you couldn't even you couldn't even predict it to be this bad. So because of that, now you start seeing the sprinkle of those hard questions because maybe, just maybe, there is some sort of plan to get Biden out and Gavin Newsom in for the 2024 election. Because let me tell you, if a guy like Ron DeSantis is on the debate stage with Joe Biden for a debate in the 2024 election, Ron's going to run away with it in a landslide. And they know that. They do know that. That's why everyone's coming after Ron DeSantis these days, because they view him as a threat. So maybe they're going to start sprinkling in the questions, and they might get a little bit harder and harder and harder. And more often, the closer we get, and we'll see what happens. But it sure seems like Gavin Newsom is considering a 2024 run. Well, if it isn't Joe Biden, 
and it isn't Kevin Newsom. It might just be the crystal lady because Marianne Williamson, everyone remembers her. She's back in, she's gonna run and check out a little bit of this. Why do you wanna be president? I wanna be president because this country needs to make an economic U-turn and the system that effectuates and perpetuates that kind of income and opportunity inequality is not changing itself. It tweaks itself every once in a while. There's some incremental change, but the devastation, the ubiquitous economic despair and human devastation that is produced by this sociopathic economic system is not changing. And it's not going to change if we continue to elect the same old Senate. All right, first off, I just want to say as someone that's interviewed her, her <laughs> accent is totally fake, and she puts that on when she's doing interviews, and it's gotten, no. much, more dr it's gotten much more drastic than it was two years ago. I, I do have to make note that when I interviewed her two years ago, and I had a bunch of Democrats on, and I treated them exactly the way I treat all of my guests. I had Yang on, I had Tulsi on, who was a Democrat at the time. Marianne Williamson, the second the camera went off, she told me that she thinks that the base of the left are, race, are, are awful and evil and mean and that she never gets hate like that from the right. And she then said to me that she's mostly a libertarian. She would never say that on camera. She got caught once saying that on camera when she went on uh, Eric Bowling's show, I think on Newsmax a couple of years ago. So the woman is a complete fraud. And what is with Democrats and fake accents? What is that, Sarah? Uh, I mean, well, they, they don't have any principles, Dave. They don't. So they Hot have sauce. to- they, in the they, bag. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. They they shapeshift into whatever they think that will get them the, you know, buy them the most votes, buy them the most likes. So they're just constantly shaping themselves. You mentioned the hot sauce. Uh, you know, you also got like Kamala Harris putting on some fake accent when she goes and, and talks in front of uh, black people. You've got AOC who does the yep. same thing whenever she's in New York and she wants to act like she's Jenny from the Bronx. And so they just, <sighs> they, they don't have any real principles. They don't have a real identity. And so they, they just have to constantly shapeshift into who they're in front of. Brendan, I think it it's Jenny from the block. Is the block in the yeah. Bronx though? She's Jenny from the block, but I think the block is probably in the Bronx, right? Yeah. Gotta, I would imagine yeah. Bronx-ish, okay. All right. it, it reminds me of the time, fun fact, way back when, when Congressman Byron Donalds was still running his first election for Congress uh, in the general, he was going up against this crazy lady, Cindy Banyer, who was the Democrat opponent. And I, I hosted their first debate and I was the, I was the moderator for it. <laughs> And Cindy, Byron's this very well-spoken man. He's a black conservative. He's from Brooklyn. He's had trouble with the law, but he's really turned into a, a great thing and taken a second chance, taken advantage of his second opportunity. Cindy, during the debate, it, it was like she was straight from the hood, straight from the block. <laughs> she, I, I was like, it was so painful because she doesn't talk like that. And we're all just, we're all looking at each other while this debate is going on for an hour. She was keeping up this accent. I was like, what are you doing? They're just pandering because like Sarah said zero principles I mean Joe Biden he went to a black college a Puerto Rican college a Somalian college I lost track of how many different colleges yeah yeah he grew up going to temple he also yeah. went to the mosque he was in the Puerto Rican day parade he's yeah he the guy's busy. been everywhere it's a miracle the guy can't remember a thing and yet he has every uh every event that he's ever been to he can remember <laughs> just like that yeah this fake also her fake accent because her fake accent sounds like an elite accent, but she's also telling you that capitalism is awful. She's of course worth a couple million bucks and yada, yada, mm. yada. Always. Anyway, guys, I have thoroughly enjoyed this show. Sarah, you're always welcome back. Brendan, I will have to talk to the team, but I think you've passed the test. <laughs>
Uh, we'll, me, we'll link to your stuff down below. I'm going to finish up with the post-game show in about uh, 51 seconds. So if you want to join us for that and throw in some questions and comments, and if we made any factual errors, I will gladly correct them. Uh, join us in just a couple seconds at rubenreport.locals.com. And everyone else, have a great weekend, and I'll see you on Monday. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget, you can watch my direct messages live on Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And of course, if you want to connect with me personally and get early access to my sit-down interviews, join rubenreport.locals.com.